Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Matt Gitto. When I'm not busy drinking rosé in Saint-Tropez, I'm listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Hello and thank you very much for listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm back in the rugby dungeon for a change. For a change. Uh, I'm Tim with the guys that are always there in these brown Barker armchairs that you can see if you're watching on Facebook Live. And if not, just search Egg Chasers and go and find us and have a little look at what the rugby dungeon looks like. Smooth edit there, JB. It's done though, isn't it? Uh, I, I can't hear. I've not got headphones on. Uh, evening, JB. Evening, Tim. Uh, hello, Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, right. We've got... Let's just, just have a little listen, uh, think about what's coming up on this podcast. It's going to be uh, European Rugby Round 4 with some amazing games, particularly some finishes and some talking points as a result of them as well. Some highs for some teams, some lows for others. There's World Rugby, uh, I don't know what the word is, not law changes, directive. Directive. And there is uh, all kinds of other stuff to discuss as well. Dylan Hartley's sanctions and what the fallout has been since. A whole load of other stuff besides. But let me just take a moment to say thank you very much for listening. We know you have a choice. Um, It's not like three years ago when there was no other podcasts about, is there? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's exactly like three years ago when there's no other Exactly the same. There's no around. other comparison. There's there's lo- <laughs> plenty of uh, plenty there's other rugby podcasts, but no one who di- directly compares to us. And I would say that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Uh, I would just ask if you enjoy the podcast, would you just take one moment of your day, uh, of your time, of your festive period to just leave a little review on iTunes, like Harry Nye. This one might make you tear up, boys. Harry says this podcast is presented by three of the most entertaining. I don't know what that word is. Adroit? 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 I've heard the word, but I don't have it immediately (laughs) available in my lexicon to tell you. And uh, charismatic rugby intellects to date. Mm, Not sure about that. Anyway, uh, whether you're an avid fan or hardly even follow the sport, then what are you doing with your life anyway? Quite right. Uh, This podcast combines the highest quality rugby analysis with some of the most compelling punditry that will make you yearn for more. Has he left the review in the right place? Um, (laughs) The episodes are as hard-hitting as a Dylan Hartley swinging up forearm. The opinion's as controversial as a Kirtley Beale simbinning for a inverted commas high tackle, but surpasses the humorous banter of DJ Haskell. 
In addition, their presentation is as harmonious as the number one bestseller's barista chic and as complete (laughs) as a New Zealand backline with Dane Coles playing as both inside and outside (laughs) centres. Wow. Honestly, couldn't recommend the podcast enough. Hear me now, believe me later. You'll wish you'd made the start to listening to the podcast earlier. Uh, Harry and I, uh, one solitary tear is rolling down my cheek. What a great guy. Uh, What a top man. Uh, Thank you very much for that. And yeah, leave your review on iTunes. Just take a moment to do so. And also... uh, You'll be listening to this at some point. Um, I don't know when or whether you're still at work or on the festive period, but just a quick reminder too: if you haven't already, give your loved ones the greatest gift that you can give. Did this for, for my mum. <laughs> You've given your mum a... Cornerstone razor. A cornerstone razor. Of course, yes. Yes, because you listen to us, you get a special £10 <laughs> discount on your first order. Uh, what, what better a present could there be for a loved one than a beautiful free engraved aluminium precision engineered shaft to go along with those six razors which you could get your first cornerstone box comes in a lovely little gift box for four pounds cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkouts rugby 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 so much rugby to talk about where to start well jb what were you doing in vienna what was I doing? Uh, I've been held against my will on a family a family excursion. So I spent most of my day on Friday. Well, we arrived on Thursday. We did some stuff. Then on Friday, my my only focus was watching Glasgow Racing. That was my only thing. So I've tried I tried illegal streaming. I got in contact with the local rugby club there, Vienna Celtic. I, then I got in contact with them, and then they offered my services for the next day. Unfortunately, they, they didn't have a game. I phoned five different bars, and in the end, I had to... Uh, bide my time and wait for it to come out on YouTube illegally. So I illegally watched uh, Racing versus Glasgow at four in the morning when it eventually got released on YouTube. Wow, that is commitment. Isn't it just? And me and JB are slightly relying on you to have watched lots of rugby, Phil, because I spent more time than I'd like to in Gatwick Airport. As, oh, a, really? as a result oh. of uh, the fog and loads of grounded planes. Well, I'm yeah, to... and the, the strikes as well. Oh, well, oh, I didn't even realise there was oh, that too. It was yeah. it was absolute carnage uh, in in Gatwick Airport, and uh, so I I made it to Leinster versus Northampton, but not in time to do the pre match interviews with Leo. Leo Cullen and Jim Malander because because it uh, it took me all day to 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 get oh. to Dublin from London. So well, well, fortunately, I have seen Connacht and I have seen Leinster and I have seen Racing. Oh, I've, I've caught up with them much of it, but unfortunately, I was I was very much in the minority of people in Gatwick Airport when there was one scre- when there was a screen in the bars that were there. Funnily enough, there were more people that wanted to watch football than, than yeah. rugby. Yeah. I know. Sad but true. Hmm. But fortunately, I have seen virtually every game, uh, most of it live as well. So amazing. So why do we start with well, what, what was what was what well, I was going to say? What was well, Phil? What was your highlight of the weekend? Uh, <laughs> Without my uh, Ulster hat on, one of the best games and one of the best performances was the Claremont-Ulster game, and Claremont's performance was magnificent. If you're watching that as a neutral, um, and I guess when Ulster were 28 points down, 28 points to nil down after 45 minutes, I almost was watching it as a neutral because it was over. Um, It was a hell of a performance. Absolutely clinical through the middle and out wide, monstrous up front, set piece perfect. Camille Lopez pulling the strings with Morgan Parra. Questionable facial hair, however. Uh, some questionable facial chin strap beards. Not a not a strong look. No, no it's not. No, it's really no. not. But that 
that is a hell of a performance and one that um, probably reaffirms their position after maybe a slight blip last week, but reaffirms Claremont's position as one of the probably two favourites in the competition. Mm. Oh, I think so. I mean, with the French teams, we know they have money, but it's how you the spend French, that money. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we'll come on to Racing later because I've got some uh, damning words for them. <laughs> and also Toulon. I mean, Toulon have been Toulon now for five years of just Route 1 boring rugby. They're all spending money, but if you're not use, if you're not spending your money wisely and doing good things with it, like Claire, Claremont are, there's just no point in having it. Use some of that money to get a nutritionist to just live or with a gym. Matthew Bastero. How about <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Or a gym. Or, you know... <laughs> Uh, a pitch to train on, or you know, a coach that shows up on time. Those just little small, small little small things. Small things. It's all about the one percent, yeah. as Clive Woodward said. Marginal, exactly. g- marginal gains. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does baffle me actually with the French teams that they, they ignore almost all of this stuff, except for Claremont, who are run more like an English team than anyone else actually, or, or a Pro Twelve team. But you've... <laughs> oh wow, good, good point. Wow, Sorry, wow, I've wow. Got, I've got a fact about Munster, and I need to credit it to the person who told me this fact because I love it. Um, sorry, I can't remember. I can't remember who, who told me. I will as soon as I remember, I will give credit to this person. But Munster, until this season, did not train in one place. Do, do you know this? No. The team was split in half: half in Limerick, half in um, Cork, uh, where, wherever else it is that they live. And they'd come together once a week to train. What? Did you know that? What? Yeah, it's no. not until they. Is that historically? Is that what they did until, through, through the through the great years? Yeah, until maybe two years ago. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who told me that. So, um, yeah, I th- I found that amazing. Did they split it backs and forwards, or was it just where you lived? Just where you lived. <laughs> so they do all their strength and conditioning. They had two, they'd have two locations. Because, actually... Oh, that, no, that, that, okay. Uh, okay. Well, on the days where all they've got is a strength and conditioning session, but surely there'd be a lot more days where there'd be a rugby session as well. You can't do that yeah. separately. Don't and, know. And if team th- sessions, like... Um, no, I, whiteboard and video sessions. If there's gym sessions, I, I yeah, get that. Sessions so maybe morning gym session, then get together after lunch for team session. No, no, they got together once a week. Wow. So oh, it, I, I, I'm yeah. not sure I believe this. I, I, I need to Munster it. fans, let us know. Can you yeah. verify yes. this? Yes, verification would be very good. Well, there are lots of Munster, well, maybe not Munster after this weekend, but more generally, lots of Pro 12 fans who would be, who I don't think you've eat, had your medicine quite enough, JB. Do you, want, do you want to eat a little bit of humble pie? No, not, not even <laughs> none. Zero. Over your <laughs> zero humble pie. Did you expect the response to that question? <laughs> I didn't expect anything else, but you've been damn. You're saying you're going to have some damning words for Rassing. You're damning words for the Pro 12 Him, as, look, as a look, competition look, 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 and look, look. the teams within. This is, this is silly, juvenile, gotcha podcasting <laughs> right now. I have been guilty in the past of saying all Pro teams, Pro 12 teams are terrible. About a year ago. I. I didn't actually mean that, but I do mean this. The Pro 12, and this, I'm not going to say it for much longer because people are sick of me saying it, yep. is a terrible league. And if you don't believe me, wait until we do the Pro 12 report and we go, that, uh, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. Half the league are really good. Half the league are outstanding in a lot of ways. The other half is rubbish. And that's what I carry on saying. The, the top end quality is as good as anyone. Or better. Well, yeah. On, or, the, str- on the strength of what or, we're seeing this or season, better. even better. better. But the bottom half is abysmal, and that that cannot be escaped. And until they sort out that bottom half, and there's also systemic issues with Pro 12. For instance, away fans don't travel because it's too far. So there is there, there is a yep. lot wrong with the Pro 12. Yep. Now, it's they, Pro they, 12 they, league, not Pro 12 teams. Okay, fine. Uh, well, on the subject 
of the Pro 12, Phil, you must have some uh, some facts on on how they've fared again. We, we, we've been keeping a tally of our kind of Ryder Cup when when Aviva Premiership and but, Pro 12. By the way, does does points play. difference count? Let's hope not. <laughs> when Aviva Premiership and Pro 12 uh, play each other, so what's the tally again? Because it... so the the tally this week, uh, we've now on 11 games played in this season's Champions Cup only. Because uh, I think this would actually be exacerbated if you included the Challenge Cup. Yeah, it would. But 11 games played, uh, Aviva have won four, Pro 12 have won seven, and the points difference is uh, 317 to 259 in the Pro 12's favour. Mm-hmm. Which would be significantly greater if you took Zebra out of there, but you can't take Zebra out of there, and that's the problem with the Pro Twelve. Well, you do, well on that one. Just, just, cr- just. Cr- no, Chris Kowaliuk uh, tweeted us at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. He tweeted us and said, "Who looked more out of place this weekend, boys? Timmy Asora, Zebra, or Northampton?" <laughs> yeah. And then on the uh, on a similar kind of uh, light-hearted vein, Dara Ruddy. Uh, long-time listener said, uh, "Boys, do weak teams like Sale, Northampton, Racing undermine the integrity of the Champions <laughs> Cup? Maybe the top eight Pro yeah. Twelve teams should play, should qualify. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, it just uh, the last thing on this with the, with the Pro Twelve, the Irish provinces have got their stuff together big time. Uh, there's no two ways about that. Uh, you know, just look at the the current result up in Scotland." The SRU have basically said we only have enough money for one team, so all the good players can go there. And as for Wales, well, that's just a snake pit. Um, so when you look at this, you are actually getting, uh, you know, in the case of Scotland, a whole national team. I mean, Glasgow is basically a Scotland 15 playing, so they should be doing well. They're not too far off. They've got a very, very good team. Mm. And they're coached well. That's the other thing. They, yeah. Oh, with the future Scotland coach. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's a very hard argument to say Glasgow aren't actually a Scotland team. Well, it, it really does feel European this year. After, yes. after last year, when it just well, it didn't feel like a proper European tournament. This year, it's feeling brilliant. Well, yes, last yeah. year wasn't too bad. A few years ago, when it was just pure French domination. Then that is, it felt very, very sad. I think one year was a four French quarterfinals, or at least three in Saracens. So yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah, you've had I think three plus Saracens in the last four. Yeah, um, maybe twice. So Claremont was your highlight in terms of a performance. They they did they did look extremely dominant. Uh, dominant. My highlight of the weekend was a bit of Galway magic on the west coast of Ireland, and Connacht with a last minute win. Uh, Amazing story! What a kick he nailed it. Bearing in mind he had a forty-five percent success rate this season, did Carty <laughs> yeah. from the tee and uh, nailed a kick when it really mattered to uh, pull off a famous victory against Wasps. Wasps self-destruct or Connacht digging in? Uh, part Wasps self-destruct, part Wasps not scoring points and not not really ever grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck when they had some opportunities to do so earlier on yeah Wasps have only got themselves to blame for this they in fact the first 20 minutes of the game might have been the worst game of all time (laughs) I mean they were knocking balls on left right and centre no one could get any phases going it looked rubbish now they sorted that out second half big time but Wasps had it under control not only did they have it under control when their bench came on their bench was so far, uh, far so far superior 
to the Connacht bench. I mean, the fact that they didn't close it out is criminal. So they can blame the end refereeing decision as much as they want. They should have kicked more. They should score more points. They should kick more goals. They should have stopped stopped the drive. A couple of things on it's the it's all on wasps. Well, let's talk about loss. the end of that game because I think yeah. there's, one, there's one thing everyone's talking about the refereeing decision, which we can get into briefly in a, in a moment. But I think it's also worth pointing out for all the stick we may well on this podcast give world rugby and other people. Give him a kick in every now and again for some of the directives. Let's just look. That that would have been, if it weren't for the law change that came in a few years ago with the five seconds, use it, that game would have been a boring last oh, yeah. few minutes and Wasps would have would have won and taken 30 seconds over each one of those rucks. So quite often directives... But why didn't they just carry on doing that? I mean, Well, I know they got, they got lazy. They got lazy in their rucking and it was... Um, yeah. Yeah, it was an amazing finish, but... So we got a tweet here, and it was from, uh, I believe it's a Wasps fan, who said, oh yeah, Woodley71 tweeted us, at Rugby Podcast said, John Muldoon conned the ref. I think he's quite angry. Mm. What what do we make of that? Um, John John Muldoon, so so to recap, he... He uh, Connacht got a penalty with a couple of seconds left, and it, it was no the, the penalty was awarded as the clock turned eight. Can I just so say there was, there was no time? Isn't that Muldoon's job? So, so what he so what he did is he went up to the new referee who'd only been on the field a couple yeah. of minutes due to injury, yeah, and said uh, I think his words were the new law means we can kick to touch, can't we? Uh, he didn't ask a question. Yeah. He kind of made a yeah. statement. Yeah, very canny and clever. But hang on, I thought that was the law. I thought you could. So they, it will be. Yes. They have changed it, but it's not in play yet. Ah. It doesn't come into play in the Northern Hemisphere. So I was next holding court in a bar in Vienna, acting all smug as if I knew that, uh, as if <laughs> this was actually a law. I was like, no, 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 guys, you need to understand this, right? So that's not actually a law. Not well, it will be, and it's already been announced that it's going to be the law yeah. from next season. But he Darren, it's not in play yet. John Muldoon, fair play, that's brilliant captaincy. He Darren Browned the referee. Yeah, yeah. I, look, it's his job, and you look back in history, you've got examples when Jason Leonard comes on the field and says, "Oh, just." Tell me about the scrum, sir, and I'll fix it for you. You know, you England have constantly had captains that are good at talking to refs. Martin Johnson was one of the best. The the best the best captains and none of the best players will be on the edge of the law yeah. frequently. because um, he could have I mean the ref arguably there, if you'd have known you were trying to con him, you could say, uh, no unsporting behaviour, penalty against, reverse it, wasp kick to touch. Exactly. I mean so most... he was walking a fine line but got away with it and it's yeah. a Incredible victory. And so many players are out there trying to influence the ref. Uh, influence the ref. No, I say fair play to him. And I think it uh, actually topped off a wonderful performance by him. He was heroic throughout yeah. the whole thing. His yeah. carries. The, the best moment he had in that game um, was not Nick, Leeson, not Nick Leesoning the ref, but in fact, uh, when he made that turnover right on his own line from the Wasps drive. Yeah. That was super. I'm, I'm trying to think what other well-known uh, public figures we can Stam- use. Stamfording? U- use as, <laughs> use as um, a, was it an, ad- an, ad- an adjective? Or a, ver- <laughs> a verb? Or a verb? Uh, an ing word, it's a verb, isn't it? Yeah, I've got Because uh, like we've, Darren Browning, the ref, uh, Nick Leesoning, the ref, what other one would work? Uh, ma- Madoffing, the ref? Bernie <laughs> <laughs> Madoffing? Uh, um, you could use uh, oh uh, Robert Maxwelling. You could. <laughs> what use, would that be? What would that be? What, well, Robert Maxwell s- stole from a pension fund. Okay, <laughs> didn't he? He he, he robbed okay, all the mirror. So how would that work in terms of a referee? Well, because he stole. He he like. Oh, I, I see. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, what about? I mean, Madoff would have to be a pyramid scheme of some sort. 
Was it uh, a pyramid scheme or was it, a, it was a Ponzi scheme made off? Yeah, same sort of thing. Yeah, but oh, there's a distinct difference, isn't there? I've got no idea, is there? Yeah, pyramid scheme, there's an actual consideration, whereas a Ponzi scheme is just taking money and doing nothing with it. No, they, a pyramid scheme, you need to actually buy something or sell you something. Could say, you could say Pascal Pape, Jim Broadbented, the referee. Who's Jim Broadbent? Just a respected actor. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think these need some work on before we go to air with possibly, them. Possibly. That'd be my Possibly, uh, there you go. Suggestion. Uh, uh, no, I was going to punt that out, but that's not going to run and run, is it? That's not going to go. <laughs> I think I'll move on. Yes. I think I'll move on. So so we're, we're kind of all like wasps. You had that in your control. If you're a wasp fan and you're a bit angry, um, then kind of tough. Your team shot themselves in the foot and could have just closed exactly that game out. Right. Jamie Ray tweeted, though, said, um, rule number one, never bet on your own team. And he's posted a little <laughs> picture of an accumulator bet, yeah. which oh, would have paid no. out a couple hundred quid if wasps had won. Yeah. So, and who's to say that Connacht wouldn't have gone and won anyway? Because if if they hadn't, if the referee had said there's no time, they yep. wouldn't. It's not give like it to Bundy. Then they would have Bundy it, gives it, it to Bundy. Healy. And, exactly. Although Matt Healy might have been off the field at that point, but still, the point remains. Yes. Oh my God! I tell you who had a bad game is uh, Adi Aki. Uh, I can't say his name now. Ni- the, the winger. Adi Purple Aki. Adi Loki. Adi Loki. He was completely not Purple Aki. Definitely not Purple Aki. For large, in fact, no, that's not really a fair criticism because a lot of the team in the first half were completely headless. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't actually a, it wasn't actually that high a quality match. Truth be told. Can I tell you one really nice moment? Uh, not directly from the Connacht match, but but I was in the tunnel in the Aviva Stadium when that game was finishing, watching on a little monitor, and. Oh, no, no, no. In fact, it was after the game this happened because mm-hmm. that game finished before. Oh, the, the... I know I know what you're about to say. Do you? I think I do. Go on. No, so the, it was after the Leinster-Northampton game and all the players were coming in through the tunnel to go to the changing room and Robbie Henshaw saw the, 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 the highlights of the games were playing on the monitor where I was stood in the tunnel and he walked past and, and had a look and went, Connor, they're in. And he gave, and he he did a little jump and a and a fist punch. <laughs> so it was kind oh, of was a, it was quite a nice it was quite a nice moment for save, those for those Connacht fans that are... crocodile joy. <laughs> <laughs> if he, if, if, nice he, if he meant it, he'd have stayed there. <laughs> uh, yeah, should we talk about the North? Uh, the the Glasgow. Uh, well, should we talk about? North, I think we should talk about Northampton and Leicester in the same breath. Well, there was talk before this game of, um, from a Leicester perspective, if Cockerell doesn't get a win, he was his gone. job's on the line, yeah. Yeah, I heard now this Now people too. are saying the same thing about Northampton's game against Sale after Northampton's performance. Oh, I so, think yeah. they well, should just yeah. end it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it should be about Sale at all. It should just be ended. Well, this is the thing. So when a director of rugby or anyone is so close to every single game, even like uh, the Sale-Northampton game is just a regular league game, when when those games are the kind of games that will mean someone's going to be losing their job, they're close enough already to be losing yeah. their job. Like why why wait for one potential positive result that uh, is just going to draw it out for a few weeks longer? See, I'm not really a big fan of changing staff mid-season. I just I'm, think I can. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I mean, with, I'm with you. I mean, it's not from well. some high-minded principle. I just think it's really difficult to change your systems and your strategies. I mean, look at Todd Black, Blackadder. He's come in, and even though he came in at the start of the season, he's done very little with Bath so far. He's basically had continuity and slowly changed things. That said, he has also brought in a kind of freshness. Oh yeah, he's done a lot on the atmosphere and the atmosphere and the and culture, the, the morale and the c- culture and. Clearly, that's happening at Bristol a little bit as well. 
Yes. So, so, so it can have a short-term impact, and maybe if the objective is to, to get top six and the, they've revised their objectives, and that's where Northampton see that they, you know, the minimum that they want to get, maybe they they feel that that would happen without Jim Mallinder and Dorian West. However, you've got to imagine what it's like for the owners and the the board at Northampton. Well, a th- couple of years ago, and this guy was winning them. The Aviva, yeah. winning the Aviva Premiership. He's bought them from the Championship. He's he's won the Premiership. But when you start firing c- coaches, um, in this case Alex King as as a scapegoat, and you still lose, and it's not about losing sometimes. Sometimes, like Exeter, it's about the manner of the loss. So Exeter, you can see, even though they lost, I don't know, five out of six of the opening games, you could see what they were trying to do. You could see there's a performance, um, and these weren't bad losses. Sixty points is a pretty bad loss. Yeah. It's the manner of the feat, d- defeat, not the defeat itself. And that's for me. I mean, I'm not sure if they change it now or they change it in the off-season, but they have to change it. I'm not sure what I would make of it if I was a Northampton fan and I heard the director of rugby in a post-match chat saying that after after losing record defeat in Dublin against Leinster and leaving your experienced players out and... And losing by sixty points to thirteen, I don't know how I'd feel if if I heard my director of rugby saying, "Oh, it's good experience for these young guys. Oh, we can le- we can learn from this." And actually, you know, for the first twenty minutes or first ten minutes, Northampton looked really good. Well, after you know, half an hour, they were leading. They were ahead, yeah, thirteen were to thirteen to eight. And yeah. then, I mean, uh, there was a noticeable difference because I watched Connacht um, and the Leinster game back to back, right? And the difference, the step of, of intensity and standard between the two games was not, was not, was noticeable. Yeah. You think? Oh, definitely. I mean, the collisions going in in, in the Leinster game mm. were just so much bigger. So they go, um, they go into they go into half time, and then when they come out, I think the thing which summed it all up was that Sean O'Brien try when he kind of crawls over the line, and the first few were just stupid mistakes, and then after that, they lost all character, all will to play. And, well, you end up shipping 60 points, which is just not acceptable. I mean, that is a will thing. That is a pride thing rather than your players are good enough. Because these players are, are good enough, at least to make it respectable. 60 points is not respectable. No, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Absolutely embarrassing for for them all, for everyone involved in that. Mm. Um, like you say, though, this this weekend will be a, a true test of Northampton season against Sale. Oh, I think the test is over now because... But, well, no... It's because they've still got the opportunity. So the European Cup is out the window, really. But they've still got an opportunity in the Premiership to improve their season. But I don't, I don't know if they can do it because they've demonstrated this season. They've demonstrated nothing that suggests they will do. Here's here's a question because we were very, very complimentary of Tom Wood and his really honest, brutally honest assessment yep. of Le- uh, Leic- uh, Leicester, uh, Northampton's last game against Leinster at home. Um, how in the week as well, Ben Foden came out, and there were quotes from him which said, "For whatever reason, we're just not up for it at the minute, and we need to put pride back in the shirt." Again, I was quite kind of heartened. I thought, "Isn't it great to hear senior players talking really honestly?" And I think that's that's kind of a good thing. And then there was there was something that I felt a little bit uncomfortable about it, where there's senior guys, experienced players, in. On, in individual interviews, when you piece it all together, I think the Tom Wood one was fantastic. He was the captain on the night, and that's great. But then afterwards, when it's kind of a, an individual saying, yeah, the squad's just not up for it. No, I'm not having this. It feels a little bit 
I don't know. I, 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 I don't look, like. I, I would... don't like it. There's a time. I, I I don't like. It just feels like there's something a bit toxic going on. No, I, I think if the message from Tom Ward, and I know he's got a lot, a lot of praise for this, I don't necessarily think it, it's worthy of praise. And also Ben Foden. If the message coming from them is, I as an individual have not done the best that I that I can do for this team, and I need to work on my own errors and put and and put this right. And maybe I was flat before the game. You know that's absolutely spot on. That that is honest. When you throw it over to the squad, yeah, that's I mean, what I mean. Yeah, if you can't name yeah. the person, it doesn't count. So if he says Ethan Waller was flat before, or you know, just throwing out, oh yeah, the squad aren't quite right. No, 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 Tom. What have you done recently to improve your your performance? Are you working as hard as you can work? And that's all that re- that's all, all that really matters. These these boys should be talking about themselves, not about the squad, if they're gonna be critical in any way. I, I that's kind of what I was getting yeah. at last yeah. week, on last week's yeah. podcast. I was like, how brilliant was it to hear Tom Wood like that? And that's great. And I think from the captain, you can kind of take that. But when you piece it all together, it just it, I, exactly what you're describing, JB. is kind yeah. of how it made me feel when the, I read Ben yeah. Foden as well. The only mitigating factor for Tom Wood is that he played his heart out against Leinster. Yeah. So yeah. you do give him a bit of leeway. Ben Foden, not so much. Yeah. Mm. And then the Leicester game. Yeah. Leicester, yeah. Well, so, when it so really matters, Jim eh? Mallander under pressure. Um, what, what do you reckon his letter to Santa will look like, Jim Mallander? Oh, Jim Mallander. Oh, uh, Jim, be, uh, I, I've been good over these last few years, Santa. I always come out and smile and be friendly and nice. And um, Sa- he's going to—he's—he's he's written to Santa for. Uh, an, an earthquake roughly Richter scale 10 and he just wants to be swallowed up by, by, by the <laughs> earth that's what he wants <laughs> no, you don't think you think it's that bad you don't you don't think uh, an amazing attack coach um, a uh, some some three quarters that uh, right so it's a fly half that can actually pull the strings in the top level. No, 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 no. That's not fair. That isn't fair because I think it is. Myler has pulled the strings for a long time. Stephen Myler next year will be playing at Bristol or London Irish. Wow, hear him now. Yeah. No, later. I, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm with Tim on this. I'm not saying that he's. I'm not saying he's. That, I'm well, not so, saying I know that. By the way, I'm just. Oh, right. it's, it's a demonstration of. I think. So that's, tell me, what that's, is he's like Shane Geraghty now? He's kind of no. his, his best years are gone, and I just don't. Yeah, think... but what is different between Stephen Myler now and Stephen Myler five years ago? Uh, the the game of rugby is five years further on. Oh, that's not, not bad. That's yeah. a good answer. He he's not. We said it last season. We've said it this season even more. He is not getting the best out of the, that back line because that back line is experienced, talented, fast, strong. Mm. Every, everything you look they're for. They're huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're a good back line and he's getting nowhere near. He's, st- he's standing so deep. He's not attacking the line. It, the passing is slow. His kicking from hand and for sticks is generally good, but, yeah, but he's just not making the work. But with deal with the fly half, it's not like it's not like he plays the game like Manu Tuolangi. And eventually those athletic traits will fade. In fact, if anything, he's never had that much in the way of athletic traits. His game is, game is mental, and he has been a good game manager. He has been a good kicker. You'd expect these traits to improve over time, as he... Yeah, well, yeah, over, yeah not. perhaps. Like Andy Goode. And maybe like over the last five Hodgson, years. Hodgson, you know, like these really classy fly halves in, in the past. Gitto. Yeah. You know, they're getting better with age. What we've seen over the last five years is, is defence is getting better and quicker off the line and all the rest of it. So yeah. standing that far back, anyway. But I, I agree. I, I think that. But that is something he'll be told to do. Sure. So, so Northampton are the latest side to enter the George Ford race. It's understood. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can, I can see, see that. that. Uh, and, and that might but, be that might be Northampton's only kind of positive to take out of it is now Bath might actually go. 
Oh yeah, go on. Northampton aren't a threat. Well, we could let him go there all sale. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't take much for him to become a serious threat, though, would it? Yeah, you get that that pack and that yeah. backline firing. Um, yeah. I, I think Malinder will be asking for uh, a Fijian doctor to come over with his leaves and fix his son because <laughs> he, he probably sees Harry as the, the yeah, solution to all problems. What is wrong with Harry at the moment? I think it's an ankle injury. Oh, I wonder what that would mean. I mean. Uh, Baths have seen what's what's happened with getting rid of a DOR and then your star asset. Well, this yeah. is what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got to Ford, tread carefully, haven't they? Mike Ford <laughs> had a loss today, and he's not on particularly safe ground anyway. No one is at Toulon, so Malander will be the next Toulon coach, and then <laughs> Harry is going to ask to leave. What what they need to do? Hang on, where where are the Malanders from? No, no, no. I think if Mike Ford stays, no, Blackpool? Mike, no, no. I've sussed out what's going on here. Mike Ford is at Toulon, not because he wants to coach Toulon, but because he wants to engineer George's move to Wasps. So he's going to sign, he's going to get Boujalal's money and to buy sippers well, listen to, to give him enough cash that they can sign. Well, uh, listen George to this Ford. for a, a conflict of interest of the highest order. Um, hypothetically, of course, Wasps want Ford, but Wasps have sippers. Yeah. Dai Young is interested in Ford. As he should be, that's his job. As everyone but should be. But what's he going to do with Sippers? Because Sippers doesn't want to move. So, they flag up, do you want Sippers, Toulon? Toulon, do not want Sippers, unless it means they can engineer a move for Ford. Now, what I mean by that is, Mike Ford does not like Danny Cipriani. He does not want him in the team. But he might take him if his son gets a move, a move, a move to Wasps. His son gets a 100% increase in pay. Yeah. It, but do you not think that is an incredible conflict? <laughs> if Cipriani signs for Toulon, Toulon, I mean, the world should just end, right? Because that is <laughs> that is completely immoral, if it happens. Well, uh, if that, if that's the thinking, if Mike Ford... Well, <laughs> he's thinking which like he's that. never going to admit to, even if he was. But. Well, no, no, but we do know that Mike Ford does not like him as a fly-half, which is why this, why they haven't been able to move it anyway. But you know, just thought, hey, maybe you know, maybe George would be best here. Who knows? Mm. But Harry I'm Malander, I'm sure the Malanders are are from the northwest. I'm sure they are. Yeah, uh, well, Malander yeah. coached at Salford. Yeah, yeah, Jim, yeah, yeah. Jim Malander so, was a maths teacher at William Hume Grammar School, about a mile up the road yeah, from, from, from where we are now. So, are we all agreed that next year? Oh my God, sales midfield is going to be George Ford Harry, and Harry uh, Malander. Harry Malander. <laughs> <laughs> and I, t- I tell you what happened today as well at Sale is. Owen, uh, Owen Farrell was getting a lot of stick about not being a real northerner. And, of course, if he wanted to demonstrate he was a real northerner, he could do one thing, couldn't he? Big hits. No sign for sale. Sign for sale, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine play, that. Play rugby league. 10, 10, 12, 13. Yeah, go back and play rugby league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be proper northern. <laughs> yeah, right. 45 grand, here I come. So so, so in so a, a Richter, a, a Richter scale 10 earthquake to swallow Jim Ballander up uh, and failing that... Um, uh, a Fijian doctor. A Fijian doctor. Miracle on his, yeah. on his. In fact, if if we could have like for your team, your DOR's Christmas Christmas letter to Santa, uh, tweet us at Rugby Podcast with some suggestions. You were going to move over to Leicester, Richard, yeah, Richard Cockrell. He he might be, be wanting that same Fijian doctor <laughs> or same earthquake. Yeah, <laughs> safe for another week at least. Jim, I'm coming over. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this is kind of the opposite to Northampton, isn't it? Which is this team showed some real heart and some real resolve. And as a Leicester fan, not I'm not a Leicester fan, <laughs> right? But as <laughs> a, a Leicester fans should be should be very 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 proud of this entire performance. I think I think it's brilliant. 
it was it did feel like uh, one of those historic um, Leicester European performances yeah. based around the kind of ferocity of the pack and the kicking the kicking of Owen Williams which was I mean that final kick from 54 metres or whatever it was with that much pressure was just incredible it was absolutely brilliant now can I float a theory go for it we've just spoke about Malanda losing his job yeah rightly so if this form continues, maybe rightly so. Anyway, regardless uh, of what happens, right? Yeah, I, I don't. Again, I can. See, yeah, right. you can't Should, see any other outcome. I don't want to get to a place where we're going. Oh, suck, 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 him, suck yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Get him out of here. It's very but, football right? and reactionary. So, isn't now it? this was serious. That Cockwell may well have lost his job on the weekend if Munster had beaten Tigers. Yeah, I think if Leicester would have sacked Cockwell, or if anyone's calling for Cockwell to be fired. They are barking up the wrong tree in, entirely. I think Richard Cockrell is not blameless in this, but the blame lies elsewhere. And it's quite frankly with Aaron Major. But you've spoken in the past uh, several times about his repeated signing of injured and injury prone players. Yeah, and that, that is yeah. that is Cockrell. So yeah, I mean you've got that. So his so I'm kind of conflicted because I have said in the past Richard Cockrell signs injury-prone players. This is outrageous because you've only got a finite amount of cash, so you yeah. can't hide behind injuries. That, that's one thing. Leicester made the decision three years ago to make this guy director of rugby when he didn't have enough experience. I don't think they wanted to do it. He was interim, and then he signed, and they've stuck with him for this period of time. And yeah. anyone, I mean, I remember when we first did the, did the podcast, most of the time that we spoke about Richard Cockrell, we were saying, he's whinging about the ref, he's whinging about that. Well, you don't hear that now. You actually hear a very introspective, very interesting guy who seems to have mellowed, mellowed with time. And in fact, I think he's got best, better at his job. Yeah. But what the Leicester board have tried to do is almost, I'm not going to say undermine him because I don't think that is what they, want, they wanted to do, but they've tried to supplement what he does with Aaron Major. And bar the initial six months when they looked like they could play a bit, it has gone backwards at a rate of knots. You've got the Glasgow game where they didn't create anything. You've got Munster a, away. Nil. Yeah. Uh, they brought in Scott Hansen, who by all by all accounts did not very much for, for the defence. Cockrell's not the guy to go because when they score, it's through forward-based stuff. It's not through this all-singing, all-dancing attack, which quite frankly doesn't exist. But I will say, I think Jim Mallander and Richard Cockrell have one thing in common, and that is that they haven't... Rested on their laurels a little bit, maybe I'm, maybe I don't mean that. But you look at the amount of money that um, Jim Mallander. Well, Jim Mallander was very op- honest this week in another interview. He said we haven't recruited well enough in the backs, um, and I think what's basically happened is Jim Mallander had a league-winning team, which he then tried to keep together and didn't didn't sort of trim the dead wood enough. Mm. Think of it like gardening. You didn't prune and go. I'm not getting enough value out of that person. He's the inflated wages mean more and more of his cap is being taken up by players who already but had. Look, Richard Cockrell, I think, has done the same. Look at their front row. It's not the feared front row in the way it was a few years ago, and they mm. will be paying Marcus Iertza and Longo Milipola and guys Dan like Cole this, Dan Cole, and and massive, massive money. And yeah. so I think there's just not been enough pruning going on, and I think that's where, um, kind of in the old Sir Alex Ferguson way with his old Man United teams when kind of Paul Ince and David Beckham or Bill Belichick more or Bill Belichick in, in NFL just go actually yes you're very good but you're not I'm not getting value for yeah. you as you are and I can so I can let someone else pay you this massive money and I'll I'll squeeze more value it's, elsewhere that, it's a, such a good point the value it's the old money ball thing and it's so appropriate because of the salary cap that Manu Tualangi who is the highest paid player at Leicester or certainly one of them 
on more than 400k a year. Have they got anywhere near that value over the past couple of seasons? Nope. He's played half a dozen games, and the but, last two games he's played, he's got a yellow card in both of them. Yeah. Well, well, we'll come back to cards in a second. <laughs> uh, you know, no one can judge if that's fair or not at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's a pretty good analysis, Tim. And then you Didn't look at that. you look at Northampton. Think how much Luther Burrell will be on. Think how much Dylan Hartley will be on. Do you know what Luther Burrell? Bless him, uh, Luther Burrell um, has got a lot in common with ex Welsh captain. Michael Owen. Do you remember him? Yeah. yeah. He made one mispass and immediately signed a new deal. And I think <laughs> the story <laughs> I think the story was that he also signed a deal with Gilbert. Uh, obviously they make balls, but they used to make boots as well. Yeah. Deal was for thirty grand to wear to, to wear their boots. Yeah, so that's kind of Luther. He's uh, he's had two or three good games, signed a new deal. Good, good, good for him. He had a, good, he had a really him. good couple of years. I, I know Sale would have been kicking themselves a few years ago that they let him go. Well, no, because I saw him at Sale and he didn't do anything. No, he didn't do anything at Sale, but he never, he never really got, he never really got a crack. He went straight to Northampton, and again, that was a good example. Northampton picked up a guy that was surplus to requirements that Steve Diamond didn't really rate. And turned him into an England international. Who Steve Diamond probably now doesn't rate. No, he probably, probably <laughs> yeah. now doesn't rate. <laughs> yeah. But I was that, always right about Luther. But, yeah, have but, that. But this is exactly what we're talking about. And, you know, um, in the game that I was working at today, in the pre-match interview with Steve Diamond, he mentioned it pre-game that, oh, you know, our, our squad's paid half as much as yeah. other squads. But again, we've mentioned it a number of times on the podcast. Yes, Saracens have gone out and got in Will Skelton on a short-term deal. Yes, they've got internationals all over their team. But yes, they also... Got Petrus Duplessis from the Championship, Chris Wiles from the Championship, Richard Barrington yep. from the Championship. The yep. list goes on. So ben, that, ben Spencer, yeah, below that, exactly. Playing for Cambridge and National. Duncan one. Taylor. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's knowing when to prune and when to invest. And I think Richard Cockrell going back, getting back to Leicester. I think he's he he, he along with Jim Mallander have invested poorly. Mm, yeah, quite possibly. And quite that's, possibly. That, that's why they find themselves in this difficult situation. Hmm. Yeah. Shall we talk good win, about though. a different game? It, it, it was a very good win. Well, you just touched on um, the cards thing. Let's jump to this because I think this will be again. We've had some criticism. I've had some criticism in uh, weeks gone by for. Oh, stop talking about red cards and stuff, Tim. Strap in, boys. We've got about an hour. <laughs> However, World Rugby have come in with some new directives, uh, which are all to do with the high tackle, which are mental. What? Well, okay. They are you, mental. What do you make of them? Okay, so the first one is fine. A dangerous high tackle. We know what it is. It's red. Fine. Move on. Okay. Well, minimum, minimum yellow. A deliberate, yeah. deliberate yeah. contact I mean, with the head. Know, the way, the a way, deliberate contact with the head is a red. I mean, the way, well, the way they've said it, it's not deliberate. It's reckless. Reckless. Yeah. Reckless. Where where they knew what they were doing, or they should, should have, have known. known what they yes. were doing. No arguments there. Can you can you agree with that? Uh, I'm okay with that. The, no. The the kind of difference is if it's a minimum for a yellow because yeah. you can have you can have reckless contact with a head that doesn't do any damage and i think that sh- you should probably have a penalty sanction where <sighs> for example was it charlie yules for bath did anyone see that Nope. No. A red. There was an. What was it? Six or seven red cards this weekend. Which is unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. Six, I mean, there's, six this weekend. Is there's a, been. There's a been. Huge I number. think by even by a three or four red cards now. There's been more red cards in the first four rounds of this year's Champions Cup and Challenge Cup than there has been in any 
previous year in the whole whole year. Yeah, it's madness. It's just it's gone but bonkers. So the, so so, so, so what happened? Reckless. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm broadly okay with the with the reckless. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So, so let me just talk, briefly describe the Charlie Yule's one because I think this this will be a case for what you're saying, Phil. So he was in a ruck. He was just arms moving around, grabbing players, and. Uh, yes, at one point his face was on like the forehead slash face area for a moment. Hang on, Tim. Well, no, I wait. need to see this because this, no, you're wait. the man who said... No, 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 no. Mola did not kick a man in the head. He <laughs> shinned him to the no- <laughs> no, no, nose listen, or something. Listen, so he he had his face on another guy, hand on another guy's face for a moment. Uh, <laughs> there was no... But the point is there was no injury to the player. Yeah. He was absolutely fine. They had wanted to have a look at it and in the super slow-mo that they got... It, it looks w- looks worse than it is. Got a red. I got a r- see in, in that scenario that you're describing there. I actually think the new laws are, are moving in the right direction because it, if it's accidental and there's no damage, well, it can just be a penalty minimum sanction. I don't think it should be anything. But well, you, you haven't seen it, and, well, and so, I, so, I've only seen it once. But yeah. So so my one of my t- and I'm conflicted about these new laws. But one of my takeaways is. The best example I can think of is the Kirtley Beal two weeks ago. He got a yellow card for it was complete accidental contact with a head. Initial, would, initial would, contact below the, below the shoulder. Yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would now only be a penalty. So that's a, it's actually a lessening of some of the sanctions mm. is the way I'm I'm trying to look on the positive side I'm here. not sure. I'm that's not sure you're right, there. So, I mean, they are, they're talking a lot about you know, uh, contact that starts below the shoulders creeping up. It's still... I, mean, I was wondering about this because one of the things I do... When I play, no, actually, I won't talk about when I play. I'll tell you something I saw in the Glasgow match and Nakarawa, Nakarawa, yeah, um, who is ridiculous Leone. at offloads. He, he oh, just, he's yeah, unreal. He's well, someone grabs him and he basically throws him off. And as he throws him off, they're trying to grab hold of him and they grab his head. He pops up. He carries on running. That has to be in the new new directives a sanction. And Steve Diamond spoke. Uh, I mean, Steve Diamond was great today in the press room because. He was asked once about the new new directives. Yeah, 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 I'm not really bothered. Poked a little bit more. He was right. Well, actually, everything we t- we we teach rugby players to do is with their head. We t- you know we teach them to um, look around. We teach them to recognise space. We teach them to put their head down when they go into contact. It's all with your head. So I don't know how they how they want to enforce these directives. And furthermore, That's... he doesn't know. How to coach them because they come, they change so quickly. And the He's, Matt and the Matt Luamanu, who again uh, we, we had quite a contentious conversation about a month or so ago about Matt Luamanu's red card in the LV Cup, which I felt was much like the yellow card shown to TJ Ioani today, um, which I didn't uh, I didn't think was a yellow card in the Sail Sharks game either. I thought that was well. just a tackle. And I don't, and I don't, I don't peak, understand why it was. We, a yellow are, card. we are at peak madness. This has to go the other but, way. But the but Matt Luamanu was sent off again. Uh, against Timisora, uh, because the player he was tackling, Luomanu was in a crouched position. He was low, relatively low for a massive man like Luomanu. He was low, crouched. The guy who was running into him was also crouched. Therefore, contact was shoulder to head, red card. Yeah, but Matt Lu- Luomanu was also charging in. But then again, I, I, we've talked about him not, before. He's clearly not learned anything from but, his last one. Well, he, he took maybe. all control. He, he was. By oh. by definition, but, he but was... is that not the game of rugby? No, no, he... but he he was by definition reckless. Game of rugby is oh. about about well, tapping people. Uh, uh, Dime says something else very interesting today, which is whoever is making these laws, whoever they're consulting, it's not him, and I don't think it's any of the directors of rugby or anyone who. I mean, it's... it might be someone who used to play the game. 
you know, there was an excellent article about this on Twitter, which I think we all read. And it is grandstanding. It's this kind of moral grandstanding by the idiots at the top of the game wanting to make it look safer. And you mentioned it post-game about um, what Ugo said. Ugo said, actually, the grandstanding is making the game look worse. Yeah, Ugo Monia. Yeah. So he, yeah. he mentioned it briefly in commentary, but I got a sort of more rounded opinion of his before the game when we were watching the um, Ulster-Claremont game. And I thought, I haven't heard this perspective. So what? he might well write an article about it or talk about it on, on Rugby Tonight or something. But uh, I thought it was fantastic. And what, what Ugo Monia said was that, OK, it might have come from the point of view of trying to make rugby safer. Actually... With all these yellow cards, red cards, disciplinary hearings, talking of you know getting people everywhere on social media saying thug, red card, all the rest of it, he said actually if and you know Ugo said if if he was a parent, a mum let's say, and he was thinking shall I let my my son or daughter play rugby right now? If you didn't know the game of rugby and you didn't have that history, you might go oh god no because everyone's talking about it being violent and thugs. Suddenly rug- rugby, which always got described as a thugs game played by gentlemen, is now just getting thought of as a thugs game. Yeah, which uh, which is could be counterproductive for what World Rugby maybe are hoping that they're doing. Now, I, I, yeah. I want I want to hunt down these these people who are ruining this ruining the game because they are. They well, are well let's also it. let's also mention the fact this probably does come. I don't I don't I think it comes from a good place because people because con- concussion is concussion is an issue and let's think about it. NFL have had uh, class action lawsuits to the tune of 700 million 700 million and I think World Rugby will be bricking it they'll be absolutely crapping themselves that something like that's going to happen with them and the problem is we don't know the science behind it yet so we're we're, we're guessing we're just guessing and ruining the sport but do you not not think that's in the right direction yeah yeah, I think that is definitely I mean in in World Rugby's announcement they talk uh, they've done a a study into head injuries from 1500 elite matches they've had more than 600 head injuries from 15 so it's 40% 40% of elite matches result yeah. in a head injury. Can I just ask this question, though? And let's just not talk about cards now. Let's just talk about right. you know um, the risks of of rugby for a second. I mentioned this uh, regarding George uh, George North. If you understand the risks, okay, if the risks are clearly laid out to you, which is if you have multiple, multiple head injuries, you may have a, a reduced life experience or a, a worse quality of life or whatever it is, and it might be very, very uncomfortable or, in some cases, fatal. If those risks are clearly explained and understood, and you know your compensation could be in the hundreds of thousands to play this game for a, for a year, where is the problem with that? Where is the problem with saying, yes, it is a dangerous sport, you might break a leg, you might blow out a knee, you know, I'm sure people have died, there's certainly been um, people paralysed by it. Where is the danger of saying these are the risks of this sport and that will be that? That's what everyone does every game. What? Everyone accepts those risks. Everyone knows those yeah, risks. Yeah, but World they, Rugby they are going down the road of trying to minimise these risks. So well, well, if you look at the injury audit, which they put out every year, it's like, oh, yeah, what's, what's the biggest injury? Well, this. OK, let's ban that. And then there's a new biggest risk, so let's ban that. I mean, I understand things like let's eliminate twisting at rucks, so let's eliminate... Um, you know, there are various things well, which well, you can I think, eliminate. I but think, if you I know th- the risks, play it. But I think then... I, I just think it's... it's I oh, I would rather it stayed much more like it is, and these and these directives didn't come in because I kind of I want, I want to let the boys play a little bit. And but I- cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I just think if I accept concussion is an issue um, and, you know, let's we don't know what the medical advice is completely, but we know it's a more prevalent issue because of the size of players. I'd like to see a little bit more proactive Implementation of stuff by World Rugby. So they're what they're doing is now trying to disincentivize tackles, which might cause that outcome by more yellow and red cards. That's going to ruin games. Well, I think it's going to completely ruin games. When when you read it, they're trying to look. They're trying to affect a change in culture, and they're trying to actively lower the height of the tackle. No, but this is what I mean. So, so so what they they don't want yellow and red cards. They want to lower the tackle so there are no yellow and red cards. Well, then, so, so well, then make a law and say if you think it's safer, if you think a shoulder-high tackle is now not safe, then outlaw that. Do That's what they, effectively what they're doing. Well, no, it's effectively what they're doing, but it's not what they're doing. What they're I've actually got, doing is there's going to be lots of accidents I've got a, which a nifty, get resulted in... I've got a very nifty rule change for you. What? You don't need to wrap your arms below the knees. Boom. There you go. I've got another nifty law change, which maybe they should try. And may, I reckon one day, one day, this this might happen. Go on. Eliminate Do, the knock-on. Eliminate the, the knock-on. Deliberate okay. knock-ons always will be a penalty, always was. But it, I'd love to see this trial. I would, I would really like to see that. Because trial. it would mean the ball's in play more, there'd be less scrums, you, you wouldn't have people that are as big, and you'd have back rows that are more Jack Clifford size rather than... Matt, yeah, Matt well, right, look, I've been sized. talking about eliminating the knock-on since yeah. our first season. Yeah, you know, eliminate it; it'd be a, a much safer game. But obviously, people don't think in, and people know. think you're bonkers. Me and Phil laughed at you and thought you're we mad, did. but I'd love to see it. Yeah, and the other thing is potentially reduce the number of replacements. No. Oh, it should be the other way, surely. No, because well, because well, one, I think, because now I, I work and stand in the tunnel quite a lot for games. You become aware in a very different way. When you're there, how I think 14 replacements but I like it, all it. come on between 50 minutes and 70 minutes kind of ruins the game a little bit. No, I do you think. know what they need to do? You need to have interchanges rather than replacements because I love the science of interchanges. I think that'll make it worse because then you'd have impact impact guys impact. that were massive. Yeah, were big, but guess yeah, what I want to see? Bigger. You want to see bigger guys? I, I, bigger I, yeah, I want to see I want to see seven Halani Alikas. I love I love seeing massive hits. I love seeing massive hits. I I'm quite happy with things that. As, the, as they are. Do you know, if I was Rugby League, I would look at this and go, hmm, we want to steal that rugby crowd. How do we do it? And I think I would... Free for all. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably take my rules the other way. I'd yeah, say, look, yeah. You, know, you get paid less, so we're not going to have you know the same calibre of players, but we might be able to attract the crowds because they'll be able to understand the damn rules. It's going to be a bloodbath as yeah, well. Yeah, and you know, we'll go there. And, you know, maybe they make I mean, it we'd have like... some pre-match cockfights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They'd make it a bit more like ice hockey where like the ref will go, right, go, you two, only you two. Maybe all the other yeah. players stand around in a circle and they throw around it... them and just say, fight, yeah, so fight, They have fight. to throw their scrum hat on the floor and take off their little stick mitts, <laughs> throw them on the floor, then they can get into it. Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm hearing... Sorry, Phil, go on. 
I was just going to say just one more thing on this uh, this uh, directive. Are you not pleased about the accidental tackle, Tim? Because that's something that you've been calling for for a long time. What's that? The the accidental tackle is creating subjectivity. So the ref can say, like that Scalpberger hit was that was being talked about on BT Sport today, like the Curtly Beale thing. Oh, I don't think he meant it. I think it was just an accident, a rugby incident for want of another word. It's only going to be a penalty. It's, it's going against something I've been saying for a long time, which is the consistency and going more towards subjectivity and something that you've been saying, which is the empathetic approach. So you are going to get less consistent decisions, but it allows the the referee to kind of have but, a little bit more control but, but over what, that. Why does there need to be a directive to allow the referee to feel the game and what's going on and try and empathise with what the players are trying to do? Because otherwise it's it's against because the rules. Because referees are... Laws. No, no, but, no, but it's only now against the law where accidental contact with the head is... No, no, no. no. That's always been. So contact with the head as we stand now, you don't need to determine the intent, whether it's accident or not. Contact with the head is contact with the head. No, and is, so if it, it, is, it, is that what the law is currently? Really? yeah. yeah. You make contact with the head, you make contact I'm with sure, the head. I'm sure there must be leeway currently for referees to well, interpret. No, no, in practice, in practice yeah. they do. They yeah. interpret how they want. Okay. And they do let the boys play. But if you just stick with the rules, which referees don't, mm. because they interpret it. But this, this is actually putting your suggestion into the, the law book. So I thought you'd be delighted yeah, with that. Yeah, well, if that is the difference that we see as a result of this, I just fear that what, what these directives are going to bring is more TMOs, more yellow cards, more red cards for normal tackles like TJ Ioani or for accidents that then get um, legislated against. Now, uh, I'm quite in- encouraged by what I hear from JB. It sounds a bit more like the old JB today. <laughs> uh, six two, six so red cards too many. Steve Parrott, Steve Parrott said um, after last week's pod, good pod this week, love the passion. He um, messaged me on Twitter. Uh, he said, incidentally, I was a... When I was at school, my teacher taught me about osmosis. Sure, you know what this is, but if not, it's where molecules filter through a semi-permeable membrane to balance out the solutions. I'm wondering if you and JB are osmotic. (laughs) (laughs) How attitudes have changed. It does feel like you two kind of cross over at some points and more angry, less angry, more angry, less angry. Well, I know. Why don't we be less angry? Uh, Can we talk about uh, uh, Glasgow? Can we get back into rugby? Damn right. Just a final thing on this. Oh, God, there's more. Just a very final thing. We have the Ali McBeal rugby law podcast. <laughs> is, <laughs> is That's a great what? idea. Can we get a lawyer? And, yeah, uh, we'll have Ali McBeal speaking to Jared Rebecca, and <laughs> we'll just see how they go. Well, the, the law of unintended consequences of this, of the effective lowering of the tackle, will or could potentially be more offloads, and that is one of the positives that's been mentioned a few times I it's a coaching point. It's Tackle well, around the waist. Well, yeah. I do. I, I completely get Tackle your point. Tackle around the waist and lasso the legs. I completely get your point, Tim, that if someone's dipping into tackles, there are, there are going to be situations where you brush or you... Yeah, how the hell do you stop? That's, the, the, that's the other coaching point. How, you, know. how, like, how, how do you stop a pick and go? You, I, I don't I, know. Do you know what I would I don't do? Know. I would, if I was a, a DOR, maybe the new DOR at Northampton, if that happens, sign everyone not everyone you just go out and you go right we're only signing people five foot six yeah. or lower <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is exactly right red card red card, red card. Imagine, actually, imagine will skelton trying to get his opposite yeah, man i there. think this is legal but i can't be sure but i think what i would do is i'd have one player lying on his, on his chest with the ball held very close to his head right <laughs> and then i'd get two other players to pick him up 
right? And maybe grab an arm, <laughs> grab a leg, like a battering ram. Yeah, like you're right? going to break down a door with yeah, his head. Exactly. So we've got two things going on here. You can't touch his head. And also, I don't think you can touch a man in the air like in yeah, a Yeah, yeah. So if you touch him, you're screwed. It's a coaching point. It's a coaching point. It's a coaching point. But that, so you're going to need very, very short guys with you enormous heads. Strong. Yes. <laughs> Real big targets. Have we got, we need to get our, our we need to find the, the, the prime, like, shout, I'll tell you what, Steve Scout Elliot. Brits, Scout Scal- Brits has Scal- got, Brits. A, he's got a yeah. big Swede, big our, Swede, little guy, big Swede. Our yeah. friend Steve Elliott is also a little guy with an enormous head. head. Like, like, you know. Yeah, not, so. not, not particularly. We can all think of one. There you go. Yeah. If you spot someone in the street with an enormous Swede and uh, and very short, in fact, just get kids. Tom, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, get, get Lucy, your I daughter. Mean, playing. I'm not using my I'm not using my chimney sweep at the moment. You can use him. <laughs> uh, right, uh, right, Glasgow, rugby, Glasgow Racing, rugby, oh, rugby, 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 rugby. Right, okay. Well, on the Glasgow front. Uh, Johnny Gray has to start for the Lions. Has to start for the Lions. That is a huge re-raise. That, that is a re- that is that a is ridiculous re-raise. re-raise. I mean, that is an it's incre- a reasonable statement to make. He's in the contention, but must start for the Lions. I, I'm, I'm calling for Itodre. Wow. Ah, have you thought of the name it was, before it the was, selection? <laughs> possibly. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, the guy's immense. He is immense. Absolutely, his work rate is unreal. Yeah. 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 Um, He's brilliant. Well, you know, Glasgow so, were, 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 were just brilliant. Yeah, one to fifteen on on the weekend, and he he it does seem like more and more he is the heartbeat of of everything that they do. So it's not an unreasonable claim to say he should be on the Lions tour definitely, but I'm not it, sure about the start here. Probably the most competitive position as well. Mm. Also, he's certainly up there with most competitive. I mean, uh, another one we mentioned it last week that fly half the Lions tour. I, Some, there's there's going to be a few people who don't. So, Sexton, Finn Russell, Bigger, Ford, Farrell. If you're only taking three players, Bigger's two, not going. Two of those don't go. Bigger's not going. I, I think on form, Bigger's not going. Farrell, uh, Farrell, Farrell four, four will go t- because Farrell will, can also cover twelve. Yeah. So I think you're going to. It could just be Bigger missing out. But then you've got four. Outstanding fly halves. Here's Far, the way, Farrell to start ten. I'm, I'm calling it now. Well, here's the way I, I look at it. Farrell does not play enough 10 for the national team. Not his fault. Because he's such a good player, he gets moved to 12. Meaning, technically, the best 12 in England, probably, is going to be Ford. I mean, you've got to say Ford best is the... Best 10 s- is the best 10. Best 10. Yeah, yeah. Because he is, a, he is a starter, right? So, if you had a choice out of the two, you'd probably have to go with Ford. But Ford is not as good as Sexton, at ten, in, in my opinion. So... You've kind of got this weird. Well, hold on. F- F- Farrell's going to be playing in the latter stages of European competition as well. That's again. Pre- pretty close. To, again, mm. that's pretty close to so te- test match level. Yeah, but yeah, yes, that is fair. Uh, but I guess when they're looking at this, the key competition is going to be the Six Nations, isn't it? That is the one where most of the, most of the decisions will be made. Do you not what, remember? Do you, do you not remember Paul O'Connell from the last Lions tour when he he loved Owen Farrell so much? There were so many little videos of him going. I, I will follow you into battle. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. You you drive us around. I'm with you. Sorry about the accent. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he was he loved Owen Farrell. Uh, I love yeah. Owen Farrell. Um, he's going to be a great twelve for sale one day. Um, <laughs> but um, it, you know because he doesn't play there for his national team, it is a big it is a big acclaim. And do you know what? I've got a feeling just watching Finn. I mean. I, yeah, actually, do you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take back my, my my statement about the Six Nations being the key competition. The key competition is going to be the Heineken Cup. 
or the European Champions Cup. Because if Finn Russell can get that Glasgow team Mm. into the last stages, you're probably going to have Finn Russell, you're going to have Farrell, and you're going to have Sexton all playing right towards the end. And the interesting thing is, you obviously won't afford because he is in the in the lower competition, yep. but he is the incumbent in the England shirt. That is that is why why it's interesting. But this, this performance on Friday night, um, Racing would have been nilled if they hadn't scored with two minutes to go. And there's more lines than we've even mentioned, as or more potential lines. Seymour and Hogg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out wide. Seymour Hogg, uh, th- three of their props. I mean, you know, the props were props, very good. Yeah, Fidgerson, um and Fraser Brown, the hooker, yeah. looked really, um, really, really good in the back row. Now, before well. before we get too carried away with Glasgow, let's just spare spare a thought for poor old Racing. Um, <sighs> Racing, yes, they are French champions. Yes, they look very powerful on paper. Yes, they wear blazers in cup finals, so we yes. hope they get to more. Exactly, <laughs> uh, and they're the Vogue team. But they're so old, or so fat, or in some cases both. Um, <laughs> Carter, magnificent player, thirty-four, may- maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I love the little stats. Um, the the, zero the, the BT Sport where when he came off, carries zero, offload zero, tackles zero. That's yeah, got to be diff- wrong, there, right? No, it, it's not. Oh god! So he, he didn't attempt a single run with the ball. It, this, it suggests he was injured. So um, he played for. 50 minutes or whatever it was he probably feels guilty he's like I, I am injured but look you're paying me so much let, let me go out there I've just yeah. passed the ball I mean yeah. Casey uh, so do you know what his highest stat in terms of um, <laughs> the count would Kip, have been kicks missed tackles four missed tackles you're kidding me <laughs> he, he actually did make more tackles than that but so yeah z- zero runs obviously zero <laughs> metres made zero clean breaks zero defenders beaten zero offloads uh, zero line-out steals, but that's not too Sorry, unusual. stop looking at Thomas Francis's uh, stats. We're talking <laughs> about Dan Carter. Exactly. Eight tackles, four missed tackles. Yeah, so um, you've got Ben T- Tamafuna, who um, needs to sort Ta- his eye Ta- out. Whatever his name is, needs to sort out. I mean, look, you're 24 stone. Get to 20 stone. No one's going to, you know, it doesn't matter. Get to 18 stone, you'll still be a ferocious scrimmager. Matthew, it's like going back to Matthew Bastero. Matthew Bastero, you, you fight eight, 18, nine, 18 stone's great. 16 stone's better and cut, yeah. and, and cut your barnet off. In yeah. the uh, in the, the European Champions Cup final last year, we tweeted because it was Tamifuna was facing up against Mako Vunapola in the scrum. And we tweeted something on the lines of, uh, Tammy, Funa, Tammy Funa makes Mako Vunapola look, look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, inc- it's incredible. But hang on, not only so, not only you got um, him, you've got uh, Chris Morsoe, who what he what, must be thirty-six seven. And you know, uh, on top of that, you've got um, who was the guy who looked ridiculously out of shape? Oh, it was mentioned new. Numerous times on my WhatsApp group. No, never mind. Casey, L- L- um, Casey, Lau. I can't even say his name. Lau, Lau, Lalua. Lalua is about thirty-four, thirty-five. I mean, this is not. This is an old team. Oh, of course, there's our old friend Teddy Thomas who concedes. Teddy Thomas. T- t- yeah, Teddy Thomas who likes to concede two tries and score one occasionally. And, you know. and Bryce Dulan, who is brilliant when they're going forward, but in a tough night. Uh, up in Glasgow, nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and so above all of this, you've got the controversy that's going on at the moment, the Usun controversy. Oh yeah, yeah. twenty-four years of age, retired. 
sad, mm. sad to see him go to take a commercial director's position in South Africa. Oh, good for him. Uh, with the Cheetahs, by any chance? Uh, maybe a short-term commercial commercial director's position with the Cheetahs. And then the rumour is... Is this like a Danny Denny Solomona kind of retirement. deal? He's used I'm the, re- retiring. The Denny defence, yeah, I think so. He's retiring. So the, the rumours coming out of France are he's retiring from his contract this year. Uh, he's going to have, then have a short, short-term contract in South Africa. And then next year he's already signed for Montpellier on a million euros a year. Right, how bad can his life be? But, I mean... He is on a huge contract anyway. Yeah. I mean, let's just say... Because he was on a huge contract because he was supposed to not be playing for South Africa when he signed for Racing Metro. Yeah, yeah this... They, do you know what? Dan, does, you mean Dean Carter's Racing 92? Racing 92. Maybe that's the problem. It's Dan, yeah, Dan Carter's team. But this guy doesn't sound like a particularly good bloke to me. No. Um, you've, you've signed your contract. You went back to your national team. I mean, I know there's a lot of romance about playing for the national team oh you should do it whenever but if you've made a commitment to people that pay pay your wages that pays your mortgage which, which feeds your family you've made that commitment Reese Friesland <coughs> Reese Friesland yeah exactly I, I don't you know if you made a commitment you've made a commitment um, and then he's done this kind but of you can't but that, that's a commitment that the laws don't permit yeah. you to make well yeah look there's. I'm a bit unsure on that commitment cause yeah but then to retire we know he's not yeah, retiring because he's 24 yeah this, you know? this is ludicrous whatever's going on with this is ridiculous you know, get your money take your medicine play play Play, play, play out your contract, and that will be that. But I mean, it's a stupid move from a rugby point of view because he's 24, and at this level, you can't really afford to take a year out because it is so comp- so competitive anyway. Again, yeah. it's another. I mean, this. I guess this is what comes with the territory of money and ever increasing finances and things like that. You, it starts to. There's, there's that probably a a, a a diagonal line morals and money <laughs> on an on two axis and uh, no do, quest, questionable morals and because it, it sounds like something you would hear do you know what on transfer deadline day I happen uh, to think, from a footballer yeah. I happen to think that you're wrong there I actually think if you want to look at questionable morals it's not now in the ultra professional age or just the semi-professional age or whatever it is it is in the amateur era where clubs would hoard players with you know little, little little backhanders and they'd use things like county teams to get you involved and if you move from one team to another you won't get a shot at representative rugby i mean if you look at how the game has evolved it is so much cleaner now than the very the, you know the filthy days of banning players for playing rugby league and all, and, and all, all the rest he, of it it's far far this, better this is all about money or it appears to be all about money because yeah, he's just not a good guy no, that's yeah, all it is he's I just think not a good guy uh, yeah I think it's it's more on him than it, I mean are all the other racing players clawing to get out I mean if they were all clawing to get out I'd say maybe it's on racing but it's just this one guy because he's got a load well, of money elsewhere uh, so is Denny Solomona just not a stand up guy or is that's a good question? Or is uh, or is this just so he made so if you've got a contract and the contracts are time specific, so you're contracted for one year, two years, three years, whatever it is. If you're not going to see out that contract, then yeah, uh, there is some questions over you because Denis Solomona could have seen out the next two years of his cast contract and then signed for sale or Saracens yeah. or whoever he wants on that big money. I've got to be careful here because I could become a massive hypocrite. I think I said the other week that. You should be able to do basically whatever you want, which is best for you as as you know as, as a player. At the end of the day, it is a profession. I think Denny diff- Solomon is different because of the amounts of money involved. You know, because he was being paid a pittance compared to 
what he's worth. Well, actually, judging by today, he's probably been paid. He's probably <laughs> overpaid by by uh, Castlefield. If you could have just Castlefield. Castlefield. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have just caught one of those three chances that he had, yeah, uh, he would have been worth every penny. But, yeah, uh, he didn't catch a single one of them. So no, the Houston things just sounds like he's been a bit of an idiot, and the fact that he wants to set out the game of all rugby for God knows how long just to get get his way doesn't. Yeah, stop. mind you, Montpellier have been on a bit of a spending spree, haven't they? If they signed, if they they're going to buy Goosen and Gloucester in one week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to think what what I would. <sighs> what happens in in other industries and i guess it's probably quite similar there there will be radio presenters um who might get approached by someone else another station we, we want you um i've got a th- i've got a year clause in my contract that i'm not allowed to work for anyone else afterwards mm. and you sign that contract and then i know people that have have had that and disregarded it and then disregarded it because it won't stand up in court because it's restriction of trade etc but kind of it's well, yeah. Anyway, so on on this, the um, Racing president—I can't remember his name—Lorenzetti, Loren- Jackie Lorenzetti, Lorenzetti. Good knowledge. So he put in a, a clause in Usen's contract last year when it was being renegotiated. It was a million pound buyout clause to stop exactly this scenario, which is why that why Usen's got to do this back route in order to retire to go and take up a temporary job to come back in and that's what makes it look even oh, worse it's really low yeah that's that just uh, it also raises questions about the french so-called salary cap i mean if you can play pay one player pay one player a million pound who's what? not even well you're t- well we're talking about george ford getting pre- almost yeah, but well, with the exchange rate unless, unless poss- possibly not too far yeah, short yeah, of that I, I mean i need to know more about the i need to know more about the french system okay but George Ford could go as a... Well, no, he couldn't go as, as an excluded player, yeah. actually. But he is a fly-half. And he is going to a team with no other stars. This is different. This is Montpellier with loads of stars and loads of money. So I, I don't know how they'd fit him in. Because, say, if your salary cap is £8 million, you could only get eight goosens to play. Well, there's, their salary cap's £10.5 so it is. It's yeah, so 10. It's, um, you, know, you, you can't even have a whole... ten percent yeah, you couldn't even have a whole team of goosens. So but, it, it raises... Proportionally, it's about, it's about the same as... Uh, George Ford. Yeah, and Montpellier and Sale are miles apart in star power. Mm. <laughs> that, I, that, that is true. Yeah, I can confirm that. Yes, we can confirm. Yeah. So, you know, George Ford would be completely different. I mean, I mean, do you reckon, actually, let's just use that as a nice segue. Do you think George Ford would, would, have, made, would have made a difference today? To Sale? To Sale Sharks? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. See, yeah. um, this was the last game, game, game of the weekend, and... Uh, have we given enough time to Glasgow, by the way? Because Glasgow fans, you should be mighty proud of your Warriors. They yes. are, uh, they are Warriors. Yeah. Six thumbs up from the team. Yeah, yeah. Let's actually let's just revisit that quickly. The big test for me now: Can Glasgow turn over um, Munster? They do that. They're pretty much through. I, I think. Yeah, they won three out of the top of the group. Um, you'd normally talk about the kind of eighteen point mark if the. So they're on 13 at the moment with two games to go. Yeah. So fact, let's just look at the polls and kind of just look at where they stand and and because there's two more rounds the, the which will happen in January. The next round 5 will be the middle of January, I think. Yeah. And January 20th is that consecutive yeah. weeks, yeah. So it's yeah. middle and last weekend. So Saracens are going to be seeded number 1, yeah. home home quarter final and home country semi-final if they make it there. They're the only team who've won four from four. Uh like you say, Munster have got the game in hand, but it's looking like it will be 
potentially Glasgow and Munster progressing from that, but possibly not. Well, no, one of those for sure. But the the pool two is amazing with the all three teams on thirteen points and zebra on zero. Yes, and the the real point about that table is that Toulouse have played zebra twice. So yeah. you've got Wasp, Toulouse, uh, yes. and Connacht all on thirteen points, but Toulouse have already got their ten points from their two zebra games. So. I I don't like the qualification. I think they could tinker with this a little bit. How hard would it be to make it eight pools? And then either you have top one from each going through, and then it t- then it takes away that advantage of Zebra because th- this this two no, do, do you know this two extra away? qualifiers. Whoever gets the Italian team, or, uh, I'm glad or you mentioned it, Tim. I'm glad you mentioned this because yeah. I know how you take away the advantage of Zebra. What you take away Zebra? Let's <laughs> get rid of them. Ditch them. Well, I mean, it, it, it's simply no good for the Italian teams to be there. I, it I, 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 I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Off Zibu, you go. Zibu would be much better from playing against Timisoara Saracens Might. or NSI or someone like that. Yeah. They'll probably get battered by Timisoara Saracens. <laughs> the are absolute hiding. Um, no, that would take it away. I, that, that, yeah. That's good with me. Yep. Go on. Um, uh, but, yeah. Um, I, I'm down with that. So, it looks like it's Wass or Connor. Uh, who are going to be topping that group, Pool 2. But potentially both going through, yeah? Yeah. Potentially, yeah. 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 Because they could, they could get to around yeah, about 20 points, potentially. Yeah, you'd expect them both to go through, <clears> actually, <throat> if assuming they win their remaining games. So, Toulon have a chance of going through, but un- probably unlikely, because they've got to visit Saracens. Um, uh, yes. On their final match. Yeah, now, just quickly, I watched the Scarlets-Toulon game, and Scarlets did very well against an enormous Toulon pack who just played one way. But the, I I thought Scarlets were going to lose it because the ref was insistent on giving them giving Toulon penalty after penalty after penalty, kickable penalty as well. And I think Lee Halfpenny missed four kicks, which was very unlike him. Mm. And Scarlets deserved their win. It was a good performance by him. Now, are they in the... They're running for a qualification spot here because they've got no. Do you not think? Not really. Well, what's it's, it's mass, mass, if, if they won their if they won their two remaining games, bonus point victories, then yes, they would go through because they'd, they'd be on twenty points. But they've got oh, yeah. they've got to go to Saracens and they have got Sale so, at home. Yeah, it's gonna be tough, isn't it? Yeah, you'd say it's it's too far. Even if they won both those with bonus points, which they, they're not going to beat Saracens with a bonus point, they're still only there get to again. 18. Um, Saracen's been the only undefeated team. I mean, there's three runners-up spots to be had. So I don't Two. think it's impossible. Two. There's three, three. isn't it? There's five, five pools. Oh, five, five pools, pools three, three runners-up. Runners three runners-up. It is very unlikely. There's teams in much better positions than they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially going to Saracen's to try and... Although that is last. So, but even when Saracen's take their foot off the gas a little bit and make changes, it's still... Yeah, it's yeah. a tough team. It's phenomenal. Frankie. It's phenomenal. So you're saying basically because I was just going, yeah, we'll rest, we'll rest Marrow, and um, just, so I'll let's put, just say Saracens Will Skelton in, and Jim so, Hamilton. <laughs> so you've got Saracens going through. You're probably going to have Connacht and Wasps. You're probably going to have Munster and Glasgow at the moment. Would you say? Yeah, Leinster looking good. Yeah. Ul- Ulster is on thin ice now. Yeah, now, really thin ice. But so, it, as it stands, it looks like the three. Uh, the three losers would come from the Glasgow Munster group, the Wasp Connacht group, and the Leinster Montpellier group. Yep. You would say, yeah, agreed. Yep, there you go. And right, yeah, Ulster. I can they do it? I, I mean, did, they've got two wins, haven't they? They again, can do mathematically, it. yes. Did they lose against? Bordeaux? They have played Claremont both. But they have played both their Claremont games, which so they, they've got. Um, they lost against got, Bordeaux in Bordeaux. Yeah, they've got Exeter away, who are looking a bit more resurgent. 
got a win at Bordeaux and yeah. they've got Bordeaux at home, which you would imagine them to turn over at home. And at the interesting point about the Exeter game, do you see who played fly half? I did, Henry Slade. And got a man of the match performance. Yes. That's right. Yes. Mm. Very interesting. Which came out, uh, which was just after the rumour and then Rob Baxter denial that there was any potential move to Bath. Mm. Which, we, but this... which we believe did, oh, ha- yeah. did happen last summer. Yes, uh, we do believe this. Um, yeah. yeah, so this is a weird one. I mean, that I think that's just... I, I think that news is just late, leaked out late from last summer because I don't think it's a goer right now. No. And if Bath spent 600k on Slade to be their new number 10, they're mad. You reckon? Oh, in, insane. I mean, he's, he's got... He's so unproven. 600k, you need someone who is a proven... You need operator. Aaron Cruden. I mean, it's just... Mm. It, it it's, isn't even a goer. Yeah, it's... It's too much. Yeah, you've got a guy who's a very good rugby player. We don't even know his best position. And his samples, you know, his um, collection of work at 10, it's, pretty minuscule, actually. Two, three games? Small and patchy, yeah. Yeah, small, some, some, yeah, and some, not some, even that good. The more yeah, I look good, at it, the, the more I look at it, the more I want George Ford to just patch up his differences with Bath. No, story. I want him to go to Newcastle or Sale. <laughs> I, you know, the more that the talent is spread out and the more competitive the league, the better for everyone. Might be worse for the Premiership clubs in Europe, but the better for the the better for the competition of the Premiership and probably better mm. for the English team. Uh, briefly, then another big uh, talking point from the week. Then I mean, it happened after our last podcast. We all had our say on it on last week's podcast. Uh, but the the six week ban for Dylan Hartley, there was quite a strong reaction. Um, uh, for example, we got a tweet. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Chris, uh, hold on, sorry. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Mark, sorry. Con- coincidental that it was a six week ban. There's a lot of people saying <laughs> this, saying it looked very fishy. The yeah, fact good. that he's available and for you know the it, Six Nations. Not only is it, sh- it sound fishy, it should be fishy. Um, he's England captain. I mean, the whole point of rugby, to a large degree, I, I, is you join a club and you meet some guys there, and you look after your mates, and you know the the old you know the older boys. I mean, imagine no, 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 you're I, at Sedgley Park, right, and your best player at this serious level that you, you used to play gets caught. I don't know, drink driving or something. Or, like or let's say, you know, or let's say something that's not drink driving. Let's say you've got a really big game and your massively influential tight head prop is injured <laughs> yes and it's I cold so let's flood the pitch with water exactly <laughs> and it freeze frozen off well, <laughs> I mean when well, we... allegedly that happened hypothet- yeah, hypothetical, hypothetically hypothetical hypothetically we might know a tight head prop that hypothetically was injured and that might have hypothetically happened before an important God that'd be game. awful if that hypothetically happened and if it caused relegation of a certain team from a God, certain league that would that'd be, be a scandal <laughs> Thank God that's never happened, even yeah, hypothetically. Yeah. But no, but hold on. Do you know the makeup of the sighting panel that gave Dylan Hartley his ban? I'm hoping it's Dylan Hartley's mum, his brother, <laughs> and uh, Eddie Jones. Two Welshmen yep. from the WRU yep. and an Italian from the Italian right. Rugby Football there, Union. There, there you go. Move on. So uh, yeah, that would my, be, be, be my advice. I think it's a mid-level offence. I think the ban's right. Let, I think the ban's spot yeah. on. Let me just Get let over me it. develop this point, yeah. mate, which is... Uh, it's, when when did rugby become a vehicle to be the paragon of virtue? We don't need everything transparent. We don't need everything to be... I mean, I, I just... One of the things I love about rugby, and the point I was trying to make about, you know, um, you know, it's Sedgley Park, say, if, some, if, if something went wrong, the whole club tries to get that person back playing ASAP. It's an all-boys network for good reason. Why can't you build positive... Like, 
positive credit, for want of another word. He's England captain. He's won 13 games for, games for England. This hasn't happened for a long time. So what if they let him off off, off a bit? Now, well, they haven't, as it happens. Yeah. They but ha- so they, what if they, they did? Categorically haven't. Well, no, I think that... No, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that perspective. I think the six-week ban was, was right. I think that the people that were saying... Oh, uh, that he should have been banned for life, shouldn't play for England. The Lions well, went wildly over the top, but you would be amazed at how many people were saying that. And print, the ju- print journalists. I made the mistake of thinking that because it was called the Independent, that the oh, hang uh, on. that the uh, that the Irish Independent was in some way kind of uh, quite a liberal, um, deep thinking kind of newspaper. Not my kind of, kind of For- newspaper. Fortunately, some of our Irish listeners uh, highlighted the <laughs> fact that um, no, don't don't think of it in those terms because I could not believe what I was reading in Irish yeah. written press. And the only thing that concerns me about that is I've seen a lot of English journalists going for Dylan Hartley. Stephen Jones was saying ban wasn't long enough, should have been much, much more. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I know, I know. But I wonder if those same journalists that, we, that, that from Ireland that were giving Dylan Hartley so much stick would be saying the same uh, if it was Sean O'Brien. Yeah. I don't think they would. That's, no, no, no. I would, I what if I made you a deal, right? I, I'll make this deal for, for anyone. And the deal is this. You can have 13 international victories in a row, but after every 13, your guy's going to get a red card. You'd probably take that deal. I mean, it comes part and parcel of what Hartley is. Uh, now, whether he should be at Northampton or not, I don't know. Maybe Northampton should move on because he's a, he is a disaster disaster for them. But for England, absolutely fine. And I think 13, 13 victories, one red card, great return. So Good business. Even though uh, Hartley will be available, he won't have played a proper game of rugby for two and a half months. Yeah. Same so as the Autumn Internationals, though, really. It is. You're quite right. I, I, I still think he would start... But I was almost uh, looking forward to him not being available because I two two things I really want to see Jamie George get a prolonged run Agreed. starting, and secondly, I'm not sure who the captain would be if Dylan Hartley wasn't available. Marrow, uh, well, Rob, Rob Shaw. <laughs> well, Rob Shaw has done it in the past. Pressure was a bit too much for him. They talk about the leadership group of Farrell and Brown. Farrell or Farrell, Farrell's good, but Farrell, I, I think Farrell's it. got too much pressure already on his shoulders. Yeah, but he loves he, it. He's you can kicking. just tell that he loves it. I, I wouldn't want to put that on him. Um, Marrow. Marrow, but... Launchbury? Is, is, is Mar- well, Marrow or Launchbury, are, are they going to be starting? Are they guaranteed starters, Marrow and Launchbury? Mar- 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 there was is. a time. I'm, I'm not sure. Launchbury is playing so well. Cruz, Cruz is playing so well. Laws was man of the match in the last game against... Australia. Do you know, there was a time when Martin Johnson was uh, England captain, and I think he was, on the, he was on the bench against Italy. And throughout that pack, you had, I'm sure, Neil Back had captain the team, you had Dawson had captain the team, Vickery. you had Vickery, you had Delalio, I'm not sure if Corey, Corey was playing, Jason, Jason Leonard, Jason Leonard. Richard, Richard, Hill. Richard Hill. I'm not sure if he did. I'm sure he would have because of the stature of the man. Yeah. But the you know the leadership group and where you need to be, you know. Yeah. So it would be quite good to see who would be the next guy up. But actually, do you know what would also be really good is to see how this Eddie Jones England team fares against New Zealand. We're not going to blooming see it. The fixture but, list for 2017 is out. But New Zealand are playing at Twickenham. I know. They're playing against the Barbarians. That's just rubbing it in. Is that ri- is that right? Yeah. yeah. England are not going to play New Zealand. You know I, is, are they going to play them before the World Cup? But, I don't, I don't, presu- well, 2018 hasn't been announced yet, so no, they just, must do. Ridiculous. I know, I know what I know what my player would be. 
if I was Bob Aarons? I would appoint Eddie Jones as coach of Bob Aarons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this needs to happen. Yeah, and then select the England team. So England are playing Australia, Samoa, uh, I can't South Africa, and a another. But I mean, you have to ask, who is making this, making these um, playing timetables? Is it Don King? I mean, it feels very boxing promotery yeah. to keep these two teams two apart. apart. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. why not? Well, maybe we're going to see the first box office pay-per-view rugby match and when, when do they do finally meet each other. Out of interest, when do you think um, England will lose the JB Cup? Uh, to Ireland in Dublin. Do you reckon? This and then who will, yeah. who will own the next JB Cup? Uh, what is, again, what, what, what is it? I don't, still the, don't understand The JB it. Cup is the longest active winning streak by a, a Tier 1 nation. I've been so, speaking no, to... No, but you're just talking about the people that beat... So New Zealand currently have it, and it's only when someone beats New Zealand that it comes no, no, into force. No, 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 mean? no, 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 no. So England are currently have the longest winning streak. 13, be- right. Behind them, it's probably either Wales on three or New Zealand on three. Yes. So it would go to well, one of those two, or both of those two, because you could have dual holders. Yeah. Oh, got yeah. Okay. And then when they... It's, it's nonsensical, really. It's yeah. not nonsensical. It's a brilliant idea, as proven by Twitter. But if there is ever dual, if there is ever dual winners, then they, they should be forced to play each other. Immediately. Immediately. Straight yeah. after the game. Yeah. With, 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 no, with no rules. And the closest that's, venue to the, the, the two <laughs> venues that they yeah. played in, they just have to fly them straight there. Exactly. And they play. Yeah. The closest international ground, they've just got to get there. Well, it, well, yeah. like the equidistant... Yes, the grass, so there's yeah. no advantage to one side or another. Yeah, yeah. because JB Cup's a big deal. Yeah, and yeah, everyone, the TV brought it doesn't even have to be in front of a, a te- you know a live crowd or just let anyone in wherever <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I suppose the guy who um, runs the Rayburn Shield, which I love this idea, which is basically it's about it's I like to call it the WWE belt of rugby. Yeah, and the, the poor guy has been doing it since like 1990 something. Trying to get recognition, I think we should give that a real push because it's a great we, idea. We have we gave him recognition a while. I think we put it on yeah, a lot of people's yeah. radars a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's really working hard. And he said to me, um, "Whatever you do, don't make it sound like a vanity project." And at that point, I lost <laughs> interest really. <laughs> and that's where you thought, "Ooh, vanity!" <laughs> yeah. The JB yeah. Cup. The JB Cup. <laughs> yeah, I had all these historical names. Like, Forget that. <laughs> Excellent. Shall we uh, look ahead? Yeah. Yes. So, Pro Twelve fixtures first. These are derby matchups. Correct. Christmas derbies. So, Friday 23rd, we've got Italian derby, Treviso hosting Zebra. Yeah. Don't care. Next. Uh, and Irish Ulster hosting Connacht. Definitely care. Uh, it will be Ulster at home, however. I hope you're right, Tim. Ulster. It'll be a pride, pride night at the Kingspan. Proud Christmas. Um, then, Monday the 26th, uh, so Boxing Day. Or what do they call it? St. Stephen's Day in Ireland? Do or, they call or it St. Stephen's Day, I think I'm right. I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> don't, I don't know. I just want to be respectful to our Irish <laughs> listeners. I'm pretty sure it's St. Stephen's Day, but anyway. St. Stephen's Day, 26th. Uh, so Cardiff hosts host the Dragons. Cardiff. Give me Cardiff. Yeah, Cardiff. Edinburgh hosts Glasgow. 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 Give me Glasgow. That'll be a good, good one to watch on Boxing Day, that would That will be quite a good one. Although the best one, Boxing Is that going to be at Murrayfield? Uh, it will be, yes. Wow, it will be absolutely not packed out. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. Uh, the best game is the 5.30 kickoff, which is Munster hosting Leinster. Oh, tasty. Box office stuff. Uh, this would be good as a European semi. Um, 
Right. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be have more than, more than a semi for this one. Oh, lads, 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 lads. Um, <laughs> should we come clean on why we're laughing? No. no. Yes. No. 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 Um, no, no. Right. Uh, See it. Oh, okay. Fine. Leinster. Leinster. Even though Munster at home, I think Leinster are uh, a much more, much more rounded team. I think you saw the difference between. Like like many many teams, I think you saw the difference between Munster at home and away, and at home, yeah. and, ha- and having visited Thoma Park, it it's a it's, it's a it's rugby is the religion in that in that yeah. part of town, and um I, on Boxing Day, yeah. oh, bumper crowd, the, wow, packed out to the rafters, wow, give me Munster, yeah, I'm going Munster. Then on Tuesday, so re- really spread out games. Tuesday twenty seventh, we've got Ospreys. Little and often, that's how you want yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I've no it idea how, how, how this is going to pan out. I literally don't know. If you do Ospreys know how, in Scarlet. Yeah, if you know anything about these two teams, um, just find us on Twitter. Let, uh, let me know. Scarlet's got a good win against Toulon this mm. weekend. Yeah. Uh, and Ospreys probably had a very easy uh, Challenge Cup game. So Ospreys at home for me. Ospreys at home. Uh, Scarlet's away. Hmm. Then. Premiership, yes. The, no. the Avicii. Let's get the into Avicii it. Premiership. So there's a cu- there's some very interesting matchups. Probably, well, first and last are probably the biggest. Uh, actually, sorry, Fridays and Mondays games are probably the biggest. So Northampton host Sale Sharks. Oh wow, what a massive pressure game! Sale for me. For both directors of rugby, this is huge. In fact, it's probably, do you reckon it's, it's big, this is bigger for Jim Mallander than yeah, Steve oh, Diamond, oh, by, a, by a mile? Hey, if, that, this could, this could be a nail in the coffin. Under normal circumstances, Diamond would be expected to lose this. Diamond wins this, and he's back in business, and Steve Diamond and Mullen is out of a job. And, and of course, they're all coaching buddies. This is yeah, really tasty, actually. This is good. There's a lot of storylines uh, a lot of storylines going on with this one. But Ooh. I think it's worth actually pointing out that for both these sides, this is a a career-defining, career potentially for Jim Mullen. Uh, it's a season-defining <laughs> few weeks yeah, because completely. Northampton and Sale both play each other Bristol and then uh, I think Northampton have is it Newcastle and Sale have Quinns as well or Gloucester and Quinns as well so three winnable games coming up for both these I, sides I yeah. think so yeah yeah Sale for me I think Northampton will edge it I'm Hit. just I'm just thinking again the atmosphere as disappointed as that crowd will be again like Munster it's it's a rugby town Massively passionate fans, and I, I think that they. I think I'll find Munster's a province, mate. Province, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Six, the six counties of Munster, yeah, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think Northampton will will eke out a win. But I'm so think, looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you, Tim. I'm not really looking forward to it because I think it's probably going to be a terrible game. Because the last few times I've watched Northampton on on a Friday night, horrific. Yeah, it's Horrific. not it's not been pretty. Sale don't travel well. Northampton aren't playing well. So much pressure. Fascinating to see. It, it will be fascinating. I'm not sure it'll be a great. Um, I, I can't wait to see the selection as well. Um, yeah, who Jim Allen puts in. Is there any disconnect between some of those experienced guys he left out? Well, we will see. Yes. Saturday, but uh, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, uh, Newcastle travel from their plastic pitch to another plastic pitch to take on Saracens. At the Allianz. Saracens. Uh, yeah. Do we, uh, <laughs> next. I mean, new, new, we like the way Newcastle play. They've done. They've been one of the surprise packages of the season. But yeah, they're, they're five from five, including two on the road. It's going to be five, but, five from six. Yes. Then, the televised game, two th- two p.m. By the way, that's harsh on Newcastle having to go to London. 
on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Horse, horse on Newcastle? <laughs> How about horse on Leicester going to Exeter? Yeah, yeah it's probably that's a nightmare. Equ- I mean, s- someone's yeah, got to go to Exeter. And someone's got to go to London. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Newcastle so. to Exeter would be the be the real one. Yeah. Newcastle well, you'd fly, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose you can fly. In fact, they yeah. probably will be flying. Yeah, they definitely will be flying to London. You'd have thought. Anyway, yeah. Enough of that banter. Um, right. Yeah. Two p.m. Wasps versus Bath. Wasps at home. I'm working at this one. I'm so excited. Do you about think it. wasps this are very good, good starting fifteen? The, the starting fifteen is excellent, but that kind of Layer underneath it just isn't quite there. They, they've got a lot of depth in the back, so I'm not sure where the depth in the forwards is. Mm. Again, there's an, another interesting storyline. I would love it if it was Sippers v Ford. Ford. For the Wasps' tenure next season. For, Ford against his future employers. Although, well, although if I were him, I'd make, I'd stip, if that did happen, I'd stipulate if I was George Ford that the, the Wasps would have to change that kit because the bath kit he's in <laughs> at the minute is lovely. But that oh, I don't. I hate the yeah. wasps road marking. Well, yeah. Canterbury Bath compared to Under Armour Wasps. Canterbury wins yeah. every single every time. Hundred percent. But at home, do Wasps win? Bath, I think, win this. You know, I, I couldn't mm. tell you why. I just have a feeling. So Bath have got an easier running because they've been playing in the Challenge Cup. So they managed to rest a couple of people the week before last. Um, they had mostly a full strength side. And have you seen the Bath team sheet? Who's come back into it? Uh, will be very important for their season. Francois Lowe. Francois Lowe. Wow. wow. Is back play. It's a nice time of year to get Flo Lowe back. Yes. When is What's His Face uh, available in the new year? The Willie LaRue. January. Sometime. I don't know. I've, I thought it would be straight after the uh, Autumn Internationals, mm. but clearly not. We need to. No, uh, no, it's his Japan contract that's the issue, not the Autumn Internationals. Ah, right. So it's it is Japan. Um. Give me wasps. Oh, wasps. Wasps at home. Yeah, just wasps at home. Yeah. Then uh, tasty again. As mentioned, Exeter Leicester. Exeter have to win this. I mean, Leicester just can't travel. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see with, it going with any you. other way. Hundred uh, percent with that. It, it'll be interesting to see where whether Henry Slade starts at ten or whether mm. it's just a, another little one-off. Now, I don't. I will have to pull back the curtain a bit here. I can't remember if the podcast cut out. Before or after we were talking about podcasting, when does the next podcast come out? Christmas Eve or the day after uh, Boxing Day or the day after Boxing Day? I'm, well, wo- I'm working Boxing Day at Bristol, Worcester. Uh, so it's going to be the day after so Boxing Day. The day after, but that's all right because we'll have all that rugby to and digest. The, the day after Boxing Day, there's a game. Yeah, well, on the 27th. So, so it would make Quinn's, sense. Quinns play Gloucester. It would make sense to maybe pod straight after Quinns Gloucester. Yeah. And then we've got all, and then all the games from the Pro 12 will have been played as well. Yeah, Did that bother. Okay, um, yeah, okay, let's do that. Then. Yeah, I think that's that's. So it's not right. going to be next month Monday chap. It's not that anyone's going to listen to it because there's no commutes going on. But it'll be Tuesday night, Tuesday, next Tuesday Wednesday evening morning. slash Wednesday morning. And then we're going to be 28th. back on the Sunday. Well, then there's a run of games, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes. So it might as well do it on the Sunday then. Yeah. Sunday the 1st. Because people are about to work on... Well, no, well, Monday no. will be Tuesday the 3rd. Yeah, uh, yeah, it will be the 3rd that people are back. So we could do Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Anyway, th- thanks for sitting through our... Production <laughs> meeting. Team <laughs> production meeting there. Um, but the final game, I see going Exeter's way. And then, oh, bigger than this one. This is big. This is as big as Northampton Sale yeah. for the team's seasons. Because well, this is even more of a relegation decider. Yeah, Bristol Worcester. I mean, a Bristol win and the whole I league think, looks completely different. I think this is a Bristol win. I I almost can't see it going any any other way. Mm, no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> it's so difficult because 
I honestly thought there was a lot to be um, cheerful about in Worcester. You know, they played some kids. They got two wins. They even got... A, Sorry, they got one win. They got two, two draws. Yeah, they look. You know, performances were fairly good. Marco Mama makes a, a, a shed, load, shed load of tackles every game, and then they get all the big names back, and they do nothing. So it it just really depends. On the other hand, Bristol's performances have just they have improved exponentially from from, from where they were. So yeah, Bristol win for me. I'm gonna go for a Worcester win. Having Big Ben Teal back, Big Ben making, making yards through the I middle. I think we're going to see peak Teo on Monday. <laughs> it depends if you get um, de- uh, declining Gav because uh, Gav Gav will take no, on Sunday. Teo Monday uh, Sunday uh, Monday Monday, Monday. yeah declining Gav or peak Teo yeah no no uh, if if Gav plays hear me I believe you later Teo is over <laughs> <laughs> he's going to pick him up and walk along like a suitcase like exactly to, uh, Gav is played. Tate. Half a game against Harlequins and had then got a dead leg against someone else. Something I forgot to mention on a previous podcast that is that um, when I wor- uh, worked at the Bath uh, LV Cup game recently, I went to the pub and I stood in the exact spot and I looked around at the exact security camera where Big Gav got clocked. Wow. <laughs> Was there a chalk Which, there's outline a little tour. of a body? There's, yeah, yeah, there's an outline <laughs> the of a body and there's a, there's a little tour <laughs> takes people to go and see it. Which pub is that, by the way? It's the one, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's right opposite the Hilton Hotel in Bath. Hmm. Just at the bottom of the hill. It's the one where we watched Near the, the World Cup final from. Oh, yeah. The one Ship, at the top. Oh, uh, this one was at the bottom of the hill, not at the top. No, was it? Yeah. I, I like the ship. We had a, we, we, we had a gay old time there. Yeah, it was very good. Cool. Um, final game, Quinns Gloucester. Quinns at home. Quinns at home. Quinns who've had two very easy games against Timosora Saracens. But Gloucester looking different team the last few matches. So, but I'll go for Quinns at home. They're good. Yeah. At home. They beat Saracens at home. Gloucester look a different team. Two games out of every three. Yeah. And for good and bad. Uh, Quinn's at home. Yeah, Quinn's at home. Quinn's at home. Which wraps up another Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. So thank you very much for listening. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We wish you a Merry Christmas and... Um, a Happy New Year? Well, we'll, no, be, no, no, we'll no. be back before the New Year. Oh, yeah, so of course. We'll, we'll save the Happy New Year. Uh, but thank you very much. And, we, and we'll save any... Um, heartfelt thanks for listening through the year because it's not well, again we'll have another podcast before we're done there so in the meantime just leave a review on iTunes tell us what you reckon at Rugby Podcast and yeah nice one cheers happy Christmas Phil happy Christmas Tim happy Christmas JB bye bye Facebook Live bye bye <laughs> thank you very much for listening even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.